Okay, well, that was uh, that was not. <laughs> I, I tried to start a uh, a DAO of the day, but what ended up happening was I'm at a friend's house and and their cat is sick, and um, they had just gotten home from Alaska, so. I just wanted to say hello. If anybody wants to come on and give me a DAO, I would love to. Um, I'd love to to chat with you about the DAO. The DAO is. And uh, so you're interested in hearing a little bit about the DAO and, and seeing what the DAO has in store for you today, I would love to have you step up. And um, and I had, you know, I had one open and it was 67, was it? No, it was 68. 68 is my DAO for today. And the best athlete wants to wants his opponent at his best the best general enters the mind of his enemy the best businessman serves the communal good the best leader follows the will of the people all of them embody the virtue of non-competition not that they don't love to compete but they do it in spite in the spirit in this, they are like children and in harmony with the Tao. So this is, you know, I mean, I do follow some sport. And the best athlete wants his opponent to be at his best. That's always, that's always such a great reminder because I can even get caught in this space of like, oh, if I'm in competition with someone, ill were to befall them, I would be in a better position to win. But is that why you're playing? Are you playing to win? When I was in school, I used to get frustrated at the idea that people would ask for what questions were going to be on the test. Is that the point, to know the questions that are going to be on the test or to learn the subject or to learn the information? I talk to people a lot these days about the idea that like, oh, we know how to cheat school. We know how to beat school. We know what that looks like. We know what that is. We know how to cut those corners so that we don't have to actually compete. But we can get a leg up on someone else. And I really don't want a leg up on someone else. <clears throat> it's not fair to me to just get the test right and then move on in this space of having to, I don't know, like just now I can compete with you because I got the better grade. Yeah, you got the better grade, but are you living the better life? You got the better grade, but are you, are you, you? And that's who I want to be. That's why I always want to be is me and the opponent at his best. You don't want. Jordan era of of bulls, and I was born and raised in Chicago. If if you didn't know that, but so many times, like 
if he was out, the other team felt like, oh, good. And I remember that. I remember, but, but don't you want to be able to play against Michael Jordan? Don't you want that? Like, you're out here doing your best. Don't you want your best to be pitted up against the best? And, and get a real assessment, not a win. The win is less than you. And you are the thing that is, is so, and you are special and you are, are great in every sense. There isn't anything that is more you. We can live our lives supporting each other and knowing that like, I want the best from you so I can get the best from me. That's when we get to really kind of start mixing it up and living our life really fully. The best general enters the minds of his enemies. See, I think this is talking about humbleness. You enter the mind of the enemy. You don't assume you know what's right and what the right answer is and that you just utilize your experience. You enter the mind of the enemy and you say, well, what are they thinking? Don't just rely on yourself. You don't just rely. You're not out here alone. There are people that are responding to you and there are people that are, that are going back and forth. And, and to stay humble in the space that like, maybe you're not right. Maybe your solution needs to include the ideas and the thoughts and the minds and all of this through others. So you enter the mind of your enemy. The best businessman serves the communal good. I think we've lost, we've definitely lost a lot of this, right? Like businessmen today, not business nors and, and maybe not not like, like you know mark zuckerberg like i mean he was an entrepreneur he moved into being a businessman i, I don't know exactly what he is uh he's the owner of you know uh, he's he's the owner of facebook um but maybe he's not looking at the communal good he's looking at like the good of his profits and the good of like and and that's what we're forced into businesses are forced here in the united states at least to serve the stakeholders of their business, not the communal good. And so here we have, oh, and there's, there's one more, the best lead. So all with different on a physical level, you want, you want to you want to be facing the physical equivalent you want to, you of the best right you want your opponent to be at their best the best general the best you know strategic planner you want to enter the mind of your enemy you want to enter the mind of another strategic planner to learn more about what's going on the businessmen this is this is money and finance right like you want you want to serve the communal good. You want to serve people so that you can 
Like this is this is in service of people. So these are, are three different, like the physical, the mental, the purpose, and then the leader follows the will of the people, and then the leader, and then and then right, the leader follows. You are not stuck in your mind that revolves around all of the ego that you have kind of running the show. You have all of these different aspects of you within you. This isn't talk about the general, like you're like, well, I'm not a general, so it doesn't have anything to do with it. Yes, it does. You do have a within you and you have a leader within you. And in order to work at their peak, and Inma's gonna join me, as Inma, I think she's joining me. Hello, Martin. Hello. I... Hello, Martin. Can you hear me? Well, let me break for you. Hello. I've been missing you. So wonderful to finally hear no. you. Yes, it's so wonderful to have you back on. It is, it's, it's, I, I've been on Instagram. You have painting work coming out and I'm super excited about it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm always challenging myself, always trying to grow. And uh, those things are happening a lot right now as we come to the new full, as we come to the new new moon. And uh, this, this, this cycle is, you know, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been emotional over the last couple of weeks, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling mm -hmm. more and more grounded and more centered. Uh, I was, I know you were on a couple, uh, I started one and then I had to stop because my friend uh, returned from Alaska last night and I wasn't able to return home. I'm watching her cat and stuff. Mm. Mm. And it was uh, a little bit I, more work for me. Yeah. Can you imagine? I don't know if the connection is good. Oh, maybe not. Can you feel me okay? I, can, I I am I am hearing you, but not always the best. I'm gonna see if this helps. Does this help? I cannot hear you at all. Are you with me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Ah, so wonderful to have the tower of the day again and yes. to hear it. Do you have a number for me? Yes, it's number twelve. 12. Okay. Oh, this is a beautiful one. And I don't know if we've done this. Colors blind the eye, sounds mm. deafen the ear, flavors numb the taste, thoughts weaken the mind, desires wither the heart. The master observes the world but trusts his inner vision. He allows things to come and go. His heart is as open as the sky. Wow. You know, this one is a really important one for me as an artist, and, and you're an artist as well. So, mm. you know, this idea that colors blind the eye. You know, I am someone who has lived without a lot of preference in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's and that's not a difficult, that's not that's not an easy. 
uh, place to always be because so many people have preferences. And those preferences exist all around us all the time, right? Like people, people like this food over that food. They like they like this color over that color. They they're asking you from a, from a child. When you're a child, they ask you, "What's your favorite color?" And I was always. I remember one year I said black just because nobody chose black. So I chose it only because nobody chose it. But I didn't care about black. I didn't care about it anymore, and I cared about anything else. And that's why that's why this one is really you know really that 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 concept of colors blind the eye. You know, they, they can, they can get you, they can get you in this space of, of being like, well, it's not as bright as that last thing I saw. Mm. What are your thoughts yeah. there? I'm still trying to process it because I yeah. think that is, um, it's almost like it has come as a, as an arrow inside me, yeah. but I don't, I cannot verbalize what that means. Yeah. So that is that is such a deep wisdom there that I cannot even verbalize it yet. Yeah, and these are all these are all connected. So colors blind the eye, sounds deafen the ear, flavors numb the taste, thoughts weaken the mind, desires weaken the heart. Mm. Mm. Those are all so connected. Mm. You know, our I, senses. Go on. No, I was right now thinking a feeling that um, kind of in some of the mindfulness training we are we are being asked to kind of connect with the senses to come back to the present but there is a deeper truth <laughs> and is that we are not the senses right. so it's almost as if we identify with the senses then we are losing some of our essence that is the deeper essence that's the only thing that is coming to me now you know, that's interesting, you know, because in mindfulness, it just says, like, be present with the sound. Mm. Don't define it. Mm. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the linchpin here, right? Okay. Colors blind the eye. When you have a preference, mm. you start to blind yourself to your preference. Mm. Not, not, but two things that are not your preference. Yeah. sounds deafen the ear imagine like if once you say i don't like hip-hop yeah every time you hear hip-hop you start from the preference of i don't like hip-hop yeah and and so you start to become deaf to what's being presented yeah. flavors numb the taste if if every time you go out you like you, you want to taste these rich and delicate beautiful foods and then you go out and you're presented with something simple mm. what are you what are like all of those flavors that you've experienced up until that moment like those flavors are numbing mm. you to the taste mm. of something simple go on no i was going to say i'm now fully with you yeah yeah and then and then then we have thoughts weaken the mind you know, like, mm -hmm. like your mind is keen and sharp. And the more you, the more you fill it full of thoughts, mm -hmm. the more it can just really rob you and, mm -hmm. and get you, get you in this space of like predicting, get you in the space mm -hmm. of per perceiving, get you in the space of being, not being present with what is, but yeah. thinking you know what is without being present with it. Yeah, completely. 
Yeah. And then desires wither the heart. And mm. I can I can attest for that. That's for sure. <laughs> right? Like yeah. the more you desire something, the more your heart can break. The more your heart yeah. can wither. And then and then the only thing you want is this thing that is that is that you don't have a grasp of because it, it's a desire. It's something that you want, and yet you can't have it. And then your heart just withers and withers and withers away. Yeah. As you hold on to that desire. Completely. Mm. Mm. I'm not just having an almost like an like an embodied sense of the the chi movement of push hands where you just touch yeah. but then you let go. You just touch but then you let go. Yeah. So it's almost yeah. Yeah, I some sometimes I say, Well, you hold on tightly and you release lightly. <laughs> let it go. Like you hold yeah. tightly while it's here. And yeah. then when it's gone, you just let it let it go because there isn't anything more to be said. Brilliant. You know, like like the Tao states in, in another verse, it's like you do your work and then step back. You've done what you've what, what you've come to do. Now step back and allow it to just just be what it's going to be. There is no there. You, you can't dictate it anymore. It, it, those actions now have a life of their own, and mm. they will they will they will infuse with the world as it as it needs to be infused. That's brilliant. I think that's I think that's the message I needed to hear today. <laughs> it, mm. it it this 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 first continues just as you were talking about like mindfulness the master observes the world like that's where we start right you observe the world mm -hmm. but trusts his inner vision yeah yeah now i'm you know i'm intrigued what what is your what are your thoughts on that because you know with mindfulness you just observe so, so here we're saying we observe, but we trust our inner vision. What is that? Well, the, um, I think, I think that yes, you're observing what is out there. Of, but then there is this inner knowing and the inner guide, and and that's the one that sometimes is is kind of steadiness what we need to to do to trust. Or, yeah, that's yeah. what that's what I'm. What I'm sensing now, and then in a way, <laughs> sometimes I have been teaching my students that they needed to invest in themselves, in the self-awareness, in the self-leadership, da da da. And then I'm thinking, to a level, I may be even misguiding them because yes, self-awareness, self-leadership is really important, and there is a deeper level of connection and a deeper level of being, and so as as. Yeah, when you're saying the master needs to observe, but that deeper guidance, I don't know how you phrased it. The inner vision. The inner vision. So the inner vision is coming from such a deep place sometimes that is independent from the dream and from what we have around us. Right. Yeah, and that, that, that inner vision is like, like you've, as you observe the world around you, it is it is presenting you with yourself all the time because you're still perceiving it mm -hmm. and so to trust that inner vision may very well mean that you trust that you are observing what you need to be observing yes 
you know, and, and I know you spoke, you know, like you're telling your students, like, be present, but, but even in telling them that you, you are, you are losing trust. Yes. Because that is the, that, that is the Tao, like telling them to trust right. the Tao is like, like you can't do better than the Tao, like to mm. get people to be present. Mm, so mm, you can observe the world and you can see that all of these, all of your students are not being present in the moment, but you can trust your inner vision, which is connected to the Tao, which states they will find it. Yes. Yes. He allows things to come and go is the next line. He allows things to come oh, and go. How beautiful. <laughs> right? Like now all of a sudden we get this, this, this space of trust. Now, yeah. I don't care if it stays. The point isn't for it to stay. The point is that mm. I am present here now mm. with it. And when it goes, mm. I let it go mm. because there is nothing that I need to hold on to. Yes. Yes. That's wonderful. I can feel mm. the, I can feel the lightness in my body now. Yes. And then it finishes with his heart is as open as the sky. And that, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is one of the Tao's that, this is one of the Tao that, um, that I really appreciate because of this, this final line, his heart is as open as the sky. Mm. I want my heart open and I want it prepared to love and to be mm -hmm. present. Like in my, I want to be loving you so deeply mm -hmm. right now. I want yeah. you to feel that. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and when you go, I don't yeah. want to lament that. I want to just appreciate that we've had this time together today. Yes. And that That's... that is, that is the connection. The connection is the time that we have together, not the desire which, which is going to wither my heart. Yeah. I want to just be here, present with you, as mm. myself, completely. Mm. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah, sending love back. Oh, thank you. Oh. Okay, man, Inma, I love running through the Tao with you. You're, you're such a, it's, such, it's always so wonderful. Um, thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you, Martin. Lots of love. Mm. Bye. Catherine is going to be joining me now. Catherine, um, how are you, my dear? Three. As I'm Three. Just come on and just give me a number. Three. Uh, three. If you overesteem great men, people become powerless. I've had this one before. Yes, you have. Um, do we? So, so the question is always: Do we need to talk about it again, or do you want to try another? Um, how about 13? Because it's my 113th episode today. Oh, that's a perfect one. Yeah. Which, this, is, this is right after 12, too. And we just read 12. So, well, here look, we go. there we go. I know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Success is as dangerous as failure, hope is as hollow as fear. And we've read this before. I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And, you know, we, we also talked about the fact that, like, I've done so many of these and we've only covered less than half of the, of the chapters. So there's so many out there. And we come on and we pick those. Like, three is definitely in your, in your thing. We're going to continue going through this because we'll, we'll talk about this one again just because we can't get away from you picking ones that you've already picked. But You can't get what, 
what what is you it? You have a list. You have a list. Like, um, here are the numbers you've already picked. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but no. I mean, I think I think I think the fact that you're picking these is is poignant, and we need to be able to to trust trust your intuition. Right. That's right. What does it mean that success is as dangerous as failure? Whether you go up the ladder or down it, your position is shaky. When you stand on your own two feet on the ground, you will always keep your balance. What does it mean that hope is as hollow as fear? Hope and fear are both phantoms. They arise from thinking of the self. When we don't see the self as self, what do we have to fear? See the world as yourself, have faith in the way things are, love the world as yourself, then you can care for all things. I like it. So does Spencer. Oh, good. Spencer. And yeah. yeah, I know. I, we've met. Not, yeah. not, not personally, but we've met. Yes. Um, oh, I love the part where it talks about hope because I, I really feel like hope is hollow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Like, like this idea that hope is just like, like, like crossing your fingers and closing your eyes, right? I don't even think it's that strong. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like, you know, that the knife is against your skin. I hope it doesn't cut me. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope so too. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you, you could move. <laughs> I got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, you know, when people say it is what it is, same kind of thing to me is like, you know what? I'm going to pick a number for you for today because we can't get away from you picking your own. Um, so I'm going to pick number. I wanted to do this one. You want to do this one? You yes. sure? Okay. Yes. Well, let's go ahead. Let's go. Let's go through it. Success is as dangerous as failure. Hope is as hollow as fear. And we talked about hope. You like the hope mm -hmm. thing. What about success and failure? I think that's so true. Cause you know, it's, it's like, um, they talk about fear of failure and fear of success. It is so true, but we, you can't really define what fear of success is when you're thinking about it, but you can visualize what your fear of failure looks like. And so you don't really realize what your fear of success, how it, how, how it looks when you get there, but you will self-sabotage along the way. Yeah. And you are, in the highest of success, boy, it's a lot farther to fall and it's a lot more to manage. It's a lot more stuff to manage. Your business is a lot more to manage. Your reputation's a lot more to manage. It's just there's ends up being a lot more than you realize and taking a lot more time. You know, like I think of this um, client I work with and he's always like, I just want to, I'm going to design my whole life around only working four hours a day. And, you know, he's, he's not doing that. He's taking every opportunity that's there. And now he's traveling constantly working probably 18 hours a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think you went overboard in that. Yeah. Yeah. Success is, you know, like success, like, you know, I do like the success is as dangerous as failure. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think it, it relates so much to me because I'm always, and, and this is, you know, this is a little, little, little something, something, um, you know, like I hold on to this kind of concept that, you know, I'm a failure, like, and that's something that I want to get rid of, but like, there are a lot of places in my life where I'm still holding on to old concepts of being, not being 
successful, whether that mm -hmm. be in school or, or wherever. I think I hold on to a lot of those. And it's been brought up to me recently that I don't have to live in the past, you know, and, and, but, um, and so failure, although is, um, although can be dangerous. I think success, like this, this concept of success is dangerous. When I look outside of myself and I see people who are successful and then I can, I can very easily just dismiss success because, oh, their success led them to have this experience, which I don't want to have. Uh, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And which is creating that ability to sabotage. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so success could even read as a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. um, because so you want, what, what's that? Because you want it to. Right. Absolutely. So, what does it mean that success is a dangerous failure? Whether you go up the ladder or down it, your position is shaky. Yep. Yeah. And so, like trying to go up the ladder and, and, and be successful or just kind of being on the ladder at all, your position is shaky. When yeah. Stand, yes. I like that one. <clears throat> when you stand with your two feet on the ground, you will always keep your balance. And I, you know, that, 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 that speaks to me in this idea of like, well, what does it mean to stand on the ground then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does that look like? And I don't, I'm not exactly sure I can, I can. I, I like, um, right now it just came to me. Um, you know, we talk about being grounded mm -hmm. and earth having your bare feet on the ground yeah. actually energetically grounds you mm -hmm. and i feel like that's um that's what i'm like that i'm getting that so clear yeah the advisory board is speaking now <laughs> yeah they have they have they have a lot to say when, <laughs> yeah when you stand with your two feet on the ground it will always keep you will always keep your balance Mm -hmm. And that's it, you know, like keeping your balance. It's like, like, don't get on the ladder at all. Like, it's not about like you and like trying to be somewhere you're not trying to be successful, trying to trying to attempt anything like, like just being here with your advisory board, with your intuition, with yourself is how you will keep your balance being here present in the moment. Yeah. Yep. What and does it mean that hope? Oh, no, please. Grounded. What's that? Make sure to be aware of being grounded. I think that's why it's in its own line with nothing else to it. Right, right. Like you want to be grounded. You want mm -hmm. to be be attached or or connected to the ground. Yes. You clapped. Is is Spencer doing something? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What does it mean that hope is as hollow as fear? Hope and fear are both phantoms. Mm, yes. Yeah. Well, and they arrive they, from thinking of the self. Yep. I mean, enough said, right? I mean, didn't we kind of we kind of talked about that already? Yeah, we talked about that already. I'm yeah. just trying to I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. Uh, they arise from thinking of the self. So you're afraid for yourself. You're afraid of. You're um, afraid to want it enough. You're afraid to really step into. I mean, I feel like when people say, oh, I really hope it comes together. It's like mm. hot air. There's right. no, there's no grounding in it. There's no, you know, real motivation in it. It's not being driven by anything really, but the fear of 
if it doesn't come together, you're more focused on that. That's where that's what I feel like when someone goes, Yeah, I really hope that this happens. Right. And you can feel them focused on if this doesn't come together, my whole world will fall apart. <laughs> and that's what I hear when I when when someone says hope, even if they try to say it more perky. Right. They're more focused on fear, which means they're more focused on ego and self. Yeah. When we don't see the self as self, what do we have to fear? Mm. That's a that's a good one. When we don't when we don't identify with who we are in this moment, we don't identify as the self. We don't identify as all that we believe us to be. Then anything can happen, and we could be open to that. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like when I talk about being in that Goldilocks zone in the sweet spot to really be able to hear your intuition clearly by letting go of all the thought, 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 thought to-do to list, data, all that kind of stuff, and letting go of all this heavy, misdirected emotion. Emotions give really bad directions. You never want them as your backseat driver. Right. And if you can let go of that and just be in that Goldilocks zone, that sweet spot of that joy of, you know, eating a jelly donut or petting your dog or whatever that moment of just kind of blissful joy for you is, and you release all that. That's when intuition can guide you the best. Well, that's when you're grounded. And that's right. why that grounding, put your two feet on the ground, really is about taking your shoes off with bare feet, standing on the actual earth. Right. Because that is where the Goldilocks zone is. Yeah, that perfect, that just right spot of just being who you are at this, just being at this moment, not even who you are, just being yep. at this moment. See the world as yourself. Have faith in the way things are. Love the world as yourself, then you can care for all things. Well, that goes back to something I say all the time. Be kind to yourself. Be at ease with yourself. And everything else as well. Like, see the world as yourself. When you look outside of yourself and you see those things as separate, then, then you are unable to be kind to this moment. Right. Have faith, have faith in the way that things are. So that the way things are at this moment right now, have faith in that because that is you and you know what's best for you. So whatever is happening right now is what is 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 what is great for you at this moment. Yeah, and, and a big part of that is if you can be kind and nice to yourself, I mean, most of the time when people are mean or rude or sharp or challenging, it's because they're being mean to themselves. They're unhappy in some way. Right. If we were nicer to ourselves imagine how kinder we'd be to each other and how different the world would be and as long as and, and if we could be kinder to ourselves and see the world as ourselves so be kind to the world around us while as ourselves just like allow those things to be have faith in the way things are 
And then it says, love the world as yourself. Then you can care for all things and you don't have, it doesn't have to be the space of selfishness. It doesn't have to be the space of, oh, I have a partner and I have to care for them. You can just give to everyone as yourself. Yeah. And that really starts with just be kind to yourself. Because if you're really kind to yourself and you feel and good about who you are and, and where you are in your life and, you know, the moment that you're in and then you don't get worried about what's happening in the world and you can be kinder to the people that you come across and that kindness then spreads, but it will spread at a much deeper, higher level if each person is also kinder to themselves. Right. And the experience that they're having. In the experience that they're having. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, everyone's experience is so different. About. What's that? It's such a simple thing. If you think about it, if we want to have a better world and humanity and how we treat each other, the place we need to start is how we treat each other and like treat ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because as we are experiencing the world and so the world that we're experiencing is ourself. Mm -hmm. So that we can, we can very easily give a little bit more love to the world and help the world be closer to itself by being closer to ourself. Catherine, thank you so much. It's always wonderful. Thank you. We are so smart. Thank we you for are, are. 13. Oh, uh, I love 13. Thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll, be, we'll be in touch shortly, I'm sure. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we have Damien joining. I believe Damien and I have spoken before, so we'll, we'll, we'll have him on. Damien, how are you doing? Good morning. How are you, man? Good morning. I am well. Do you have a Do you have a Dow for the day for me today? You know what's funny is um, the last time we spoke, I picked thirteen, so it was interesting listening to um, you and Catherine discuss it. I do remember that. that I, I I remember now. Yeah, no, that, of course. That you've thirteen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean you don't remember the one time we like, spoke? That <laughs> number I picked. How dare you? Right. Let's so go. I, um, yeah, what are you feeling? I'm feeling like like 55. 55. It's 54. I'm doing it. I'm doing it all 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 uh what's what's it called? Analog today with just a book. I like um, it. He who is in harmony with the Tao is like a newborn child. His mm. bones are soft, his muscles are weak, yet his grip is powerful. It doesn't know about the union of male and female, yet its penis can stand erect. So intense is its vital power. It can scream its head off all day, yet it never becomes hoarse. So complete is its harmony. The master's power is like this. He lets all things come and go effortlessly without desire. He never expects results, thus he is never disappointed. He is never disappointed, thus his spirit never grows old. That's a fun one. Yeah. Initial thoughts? Initial thoughts. I love the, the beautiful idea that, you know, that as an adult, we can be like a baby. Yes. We can have that, that beautiful balance of, um, of exertion without tiring. Mm-hmm. And 
that we can we can truly accept um, just kind of how things are, right? You know, we get so caught up in what we think quote unquote should happen. Like should is one of my least favorite words ever. Yeah. And, and you know, what should happen, how it could be what I, what I'm obligated to do because of X, Y, and Z. You know, we, we cloud so much of the purity of life because we place expectations upon others and more importantly ourselves. Right. Yeah. If you're, if you have this expectation, then are you really in the flow? Because you're, you're now, you've given yourself a target. So you're steering towards that, regardless of a flow is actually taking you away. But if we let go of that, then, then all of life becomes easy. Right? Yeah, well, you're never disappointed, right? Yeah, yeah, you're never disappointed. Thus, the spirit never grows old. Yeah. Like, how beautiful is that? Like, what if you never had to feel that slight sinking feeling of, oh, I wish that was different. Right. And just went, oh, I love that that is. Yeah. And that's the, you know, and, and so, so, yeah, let's go through this line by line because I'm, I'm, I'm reading it over as we're talking and I'm like, this is, this is a really nice one. And, you know, like, I do love, like, it's oftentimes when I read this one to people, the, the whole penis, uh, the erect penis on the baby is, is the thing that, the thing way but I'm, I'm i'm excited to get to that because i'm, I'm intrigued by it um he who is in harmony with the Tao is like a newborn child this is just a metaphor that we start with and really doesn't like we're going to go into the explanation next so i'm going to go right into the next line its bones are soft its muscles are weak but its grip is powerful you know yeah. I, I, you've seen i don't know if you have a child um i don't i have two but, Okay, well, well, there is that point where a child can grip onto things and like they can hold themselves up. You know, they can yeah. hold themselves from a, a like a stick or a, or a th you know like, and it's so it's so amazing. You know, I didn't know about this until maybe a couple of years ago, but that's such a that there's something really beautiful in that. You know, its bones are soft, its muscles are weak, but its grip is powerful. How do you how do you process those three different things? Bones, muscle, grip. I, I think there's a few different ways you can look at that. Um, the, the first direction for me is that having soft bones means you're still pliable. That you don't mm -hmm. break, you bend. You know, kids have soft bones because they... Well, first of all, they're in utero, right? They're in a womb. They're all balled right. up, right? So yeah. they have to be able to fit in there. And sometimes, you know, sometimes kids come out with some very interesting bent bones. And every okay. parent freaks out. Oh, my God, look at this dent and look at this thing. And his foot's going that way. And every doctor says the same thing. It's okay. It'll work itself out. Right. And if it doesn't, they're still bendy. We'll put a brace on it. and We'll structure it the way we want to. Yeah. So having soft bones to me is just the ability to be pliable, the ability to still bend through life instead of breaking. But it's also the reality that you are not fortified yet. You have not been through enough of the fire to come out the other side hardened, you know, right. of life. Um, muscles are weak is the same thing. Like, do we really need strong muscles? Y yes and no. Yes, we need to be able to move and, and, you know, get through the day. Do we need to be able to lift 600 pounds? 
I, I have some weightlifter friends that would say yes, but <laughs> the reality is no, we don't. But the beauty of this is in the grip. It's our inability, it's our ability to have our determination stronger than our body. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I love that. And I'm going to, I'm gonna just riff on this just a little bit. The bones and the muscle are the structure. The grip is the purpose. You know, like the bones and the muscles are like the walls of a house and you can, you can, you can build a house, but if you don't have any space left inside to live, the house is useless. It's bones and muscles are the structure which are going to, which, which create your, which create your body, but the grip, the grip is this grip on, uh, you, you know, like you can grip that thing, but, and it can hold you up, even though you, your muscles and bones are not fully formed. The grip is the purpose. The grip is the essence of the being. And the bones and the muscles are just the structure of which this grip is being um, executed through. So what's the purpose of the grip? It's an interesting question. I mean, I, I mean, you know, like it may, it is, it is just what, when I say it, it is not the purpose for the being, but the being is exists in support of the grip. Just like a house exists in support of the space within the house. The walls are the structure. So the bones and the muscles are the body. And the body is weak. But the grip is that which is connected to the Tao. That's the power. He who is in harmony with the Tao is like a newborn child. Now we're starting to understand, like, as I see it, like this idea that the grip, like you can do this regardless of the fact that your structure isn't solid yet. You can grip and gripping is kind of like, I see that as like, it is powerful, as powerful as it says here. And the grip is you being connected all that is. Is. And then it moves into, and maybe you're maybe breaking up a little sense. bit. Um, but oh, am I? My bad. Yeah, I just I lost um, that last sentence. Repeat that last part. Oh, I, I, I think the last sentence was just like I don't know if this makes sense. <laughs> but no, like the grip is that connection to, um, is that connection to the uh, the power the power of the being. You don't need a structure in order to access the power of being and the grip that is part. powerful. And even though the grip exists in through the being, um, the bones are soft and the muscles are weak and yet still the grip is powerful. Yeah, it's 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 like, I, I, love, I love where you're going with this. And the thoughts that pop up for me are, you know, obviously the grip is, is the powerful part. It, it's, it's the action, right? 
It's it's the only aspect of that statement that is action based, and a baby will sometimes grip because it wants to, and sometimes grip for no reason at all. Right. Meaning, if if you you know put a stick and if you had a baby hold on to your fingers and lifted it up, at a certain point when it's strong enough, it will hold on. It won't want to drop. Right. And it and it'll be scared even, but it won't drop because it's holding on as a survival response. Right. And but, that is not, and, and I would, I would argue that's not an action. It's a, it's like just being like the, the child is, right. just, it's not, it's not actually making a choice. It's just like, this is who I am. This is the Tao. This is the power. Right. And, and I think that the beauty in that is like in that piece of it is that, is that the, the mind is capable of executing something the body can't. Like the baby's muscles are weak and the bones are soft and yet it will still hold itself up. It'll still survive because its grip is powerful because it is just that being. It is just existing in that moment. It's pure. There's no clouding of the thought. There might not even be thought at all. Right. And the first day my oldest son was out in the world, the only way he would sleep was by holding my finger. Mm. And the grip, this, this, this unknowing, but also complete connection to the understanding that he needed to hold me yeah. was, uh, was a powerful moment in my life. I bet. Yeah. I like that. I like, just, I mean, you could just have that. You could just discuss that piece all day long. I the think bones so. are weak, you know. the The bones are soft, the muscles are weak, but the grip is what powerful. Is powerful, yeah. I like it, and it is powerful. Oh, immensely. It doesn't know the union between male and female yet. Its penis can stand erect. So intense is its vital power. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, like there is no reason for the penis to be erect, but it knows its vital power. I think there is, is a reason. Oh yeah, go on. I think there is. I, I think that like it, the reason is literally just the expression of yes of that energy, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. not again. It's not sexual energy not at sexual. that point. No, no, no. It's, it's sacral. vital power, right? Yeah. It's it's just the connection of the energy throughout the chakras, throughout its itself. Absolutely. It is it is just a physical embodiment of energetic prowess. Yes. It and I think that's, that's, that's kind of what I mean by there's no, there's no, there's no reason like it, the reason is it is the reason yeah. is that yeah. it, it exists and it has that power. Yeah, absolutely. It can scream its head off all day yet never become hoarse. So complete is its harmony. Yeah. I mean the, the, the balance of, Again, full exertion without tiring. Yeah. You know, and they do tire. It does happen, but yeah, of course. But you know, there is but their throat doesn't ever that. become hoarse. They never go, ah, mama. right. <laughs> like that's I mean, the, that's the thing. They'll tire. Eventually they, they get they a little hoarse. I, I, I had one that got hoarse. <laughs> um, say that last part again. They won't destroy their throat by doing it because they're in harmony with their body. Right. The master's right. power is like this. 
He lets all things come and go effortlessly without desire. He never expects results. Thus, he is never disappointed. He is never disappointed. Thus, his spirit never grows old. Well, because he's living in that same harmony. Yeah. Or she, you know. Yeah, they are living in that yeah, harmony. Yeah, the well, master is living in. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And And without desire, without expecting results, you can never be disappointed because you just are with what you are as you are as it is mm -hmm. damien thank you so much for joining me again today i really appreciate you going through 55 with me thanks martin john i appreciate you you thank have a great day thanks for the time and energy and uh discussion man good to see yeah, you again always such a wonderful wonderful experience thank you okay if anybody else wants to jump on, I would love to have you. This is uh, Dow of the Day. Uh, what I do is I just ask you to pick a number between 1 and 81, and we talk about that chapter of the Dow. So far, we have done 55, 12, 13, and I started all, I don't know how long ago, um, with 68. And I believe I was just at the latter end of 68 all of them embody virtue of non-competition so what it says is the best athlete wants his opponent at his best the best general wants enters the mind of his enemy the best businessman serves the communal good the best leader follows the will of the people all of them embody the virtue of non-competition not that they don't love to compete but they do it in the spirit of play in this, they are like children and in harmony with the Tao. Well, we just read 55 all about, you know, children and being in harmony with the Tao. And I think that there's a lot to be said there. I think there's a lot to be said when, when, when you're not competing to win. You know, I like to say this a lot, you know, like when I play cards, I, I come over to a friend's house and I play cards on the weekends and, and I don't, I don't suffer not winning because without them i couldn't and that's the and that's i think at the core of a lot of this it's the it's the space of hey i want to be here and i want to be doing this and without you i can't be doing this and so the general instead of being like i want to win enters the mind of his opponent and says hmm what, what, what are they thinking? And what can I learn from thinking the way they think? The best athlete says, hey, I can, I can win if you're hurt. Well, that's not the best athlete, is it? That's, that's, that's the athlete that is going to win because they're not, they're, their opponent's not at their best, but you want them at their best. And you want them at their best because that is how you're going to be able to assess yourself. I, mean, I, I was talking about school earlier and the idea that, you know, you want to you want to learn to the test test or teach to the test. We do have another person coming up. Bella. I don't know that Bella's ever picked a number. <laughs> but but let's see what she has to say. <laughs> Hello, Bella. How are you? my love? Hi, Martin. I picked you. That's the number. I OK. <laughs> 
Well, you got the right number as far as I'm concerned. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, well, as far as I'm concerned too. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I've just been listening to you and your speakers. And every time I come to a room, I feel that I've been poured into and uh, there's been an equitable exchange of energy. And that's really, really good. And the reason I didn't don't pick didn't pick my numbers because I think I explained to you. Yes, yes, you have. You have. <laughs> um, but what I loved is what you were saying, um, and it reminded me um, by Grace of being a guest um, at a, the Olympic Games and other um, international games, and you know we'd be in the hotel. And you'd see these amazing athletes um, showing respect for each other. Yes. And I love the story. Um, you know, a dear friend of mine who broke the, and, uh, and a coach who broke both the world record and the Olympic record was so humble. And um, there was this function taking place where they, you know, they'd written a book about all the great Olympians. So we were at a table, um, there were four of us. And you know, everybody was just talking, um, including my friend. And suddenly this woman came over with a book to ask the person who I was sitting next to, to sign. So I kind of, no, no, I've been talking to this gentleman and his name was Dick. And, you know, he, he said that he, we were talking about skiing and I was saying to him that, you know, this was a sport I was not good at and, you know, everything ate. And I wish I could, you know, go from beginner to something. And he said, well, you know, do come. And I said, well, what do you do? He said, well, six months of the year I ski and six months I work as an engineer. So I said, well, where do you live? I mean, what a life, you know, working for six months and then skiing for six months. And he said, Aspen, of course, when you say Aspen, you know, my ears perked up, sure, I'll be there. And anyway, while we were in that conversation, um, someone came up with a book to ask him to sign. So I kind of stretched my neck to see who he was in the book. He's so humble. And it turned out to be Dick Fosby, you know, the, all the Olympic records for high jump have been won using the Fosby flop. That's the flop where you go backwards, yeah, yeah. you see your feet. So obviously at that time, I think I was in business school, so I had a bit of a competitive nature. So I said, well, how did you do it? And he said, he was very tall and he wanted to win. Um, obviously, he was very good at high jump, but he wanted to um, join the American team. But because he was tall, his feet kept on clipping the bar as he went across. So he put the bar very low and tried various techniques to get over so that his he could you know, move his feet. And then he realized that if he went back, he could... Um, he could um, see his feet and then lift them up. And, you know, I learned a lot about leadership um, in, in, during that lunch. First of all, the humbleness. 
Believe you me, at the time, I would have had a big shirt saying, look, mate, I <laughs> he just said his name was Dick. Secondly, he wanted something so much that he was willing to lower the bar and test various techniques. Yeah. And thirdly, leaving a gift to the world. And, uh, you know, being in Olympic villages and things like that, you could always tell the Olympians who were on the downslide. It's because they started getting big for their boots. Those who remained humble, who talked to others as if they were the greatest, had respect for everyone who they were competing with, are generally the ones who went on to win gold medals. So I hear you what you say. And to me, competition, for me, has always been against myself. How can I be better so that I can leave my mark in the world? Mm -hmm. So here we go, Martin. You've allowed me to share a little bit more about myself before people be able to write a book. Oh, I, I I heard you this morning after after I got off with um, <laughs> Regina, and it was, it was you guys had a wonderful share as well. And I really appreciate everything that you're always sharing here on on wisdom. And I appreciate you coming on and and blessing me with your wisdom as well. Oh, I I love your wisdom, and I love past being a scientist. I love the way, despite the challenges you've had in life to extract wisdom from the challenges and instead of saying poor me so much so that when you mention the challenge i have to reset my mind because I, you know i say oh martin's going to drop some gems here and then you talk about your challenges then i have to remember and to me it shows how brave you are as a person and yes, wisdom, because uh, Dad said, um, wisdom is experience without the emotion, that you have learned the lesson. You are happy with the lesson you've learned, and you're moving on with that experience, and that gives you wisdom. And very, very often, we are competing with our emotions. I'd love to say, um, there's not an emotional element to me because when I was trying to get on stage and I was having these texts and phone calls, I was getting irritated, but that was not the point. I was where I needed to be at that time. Yeah. And I just needed to be focused on what I needed to do at that time. And the phone calls regarded um, Meghan Markle having won the um, case against the the tabloids. Oh, and, okay. yeah, she she won it, and so everybody was excited that. Yeah. Who would have thought one person against the system? I mean, I certainly wouldn't have had the courage to do it. But it's not that it was her; it was that somebody felt that something was wrong and was prepared to fight despite the obstacles, despite the name calling, despite 
all the other things that were thrown, but to stand firm, saying, this is where I stand. And I, and I really am inspired by people saying that because you can only do that if you feel safe in the world. You can only do that if you're willing to stretch your boundaries and experience and connect with who you really are. I mean, with all the money she has, you could have just turned her back and said, I don't care, you know, this happens to everybody. You know, what about me? But it took a lot of courage. And I'm seeing a shift in the world where people are not carrying their crosses in a, in a, this is my cross, I must carry it. But actually using the cross that they're carrying to be brave enough to tell the world, this is why I'm carrying the cross. Yes. And these are the lessons I have learned. This may help you. So, so the problem becomes a collective one rather than an individual one. Well, the solution becomes collective. Yes, that's better. That's a better, yeah, the solution becomes collective. And the more collective we are, the easier the problem becomes because we know we are loved. You know? Because yeah. we're connecting, we know we, we are loved. And what, I mean, when you, when you spoke about, you know, what you were doing, um, you know, every morning and every night, you know, my scientific brain went into why is this occurring? Which which cortical tracts are they using? And through trying to figure it out, you know, inspired by your bravery, I I learned something new that you know your um, the somatosensory um, cortex, which is a strip that runs. If you take your ear roughly and go right to the middle of your head on both yeah. sides, there's a thin strip called the somatosensory cortex and that deals with our um, sensory perception. Mm -hmm. And when you use your non-dominant hand, it has been found that it, it, you get more, without going into too much detail, you get more signals. So making you much more sensitive with the world you, you're in, you know, your sense of smell, taste, feeling, all of them get heightened. And as yeah. I was saying, when, when these feelings get heightened, and um, feelings are concerned with um, neuropeptides, you know, you scream mm -hmm. emotions. So you recognize those feelings and you, you can sit comfortably with those feelings and then perhaps allow those feelings to come out of your body and understand the cause be, be beneath it. There's just so much I want to do. And when, 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 when I hear stories like yours, it, it just says, just take a little step tomorrow or now, you know, take a little yes. step. That's it. Yeah, just a little. Not just don't. A like yeah. I'm telling you, when I started writing with my non-dominant hand, it was uh, it was just a, well, let's just try this, and and no judgment, no, yes. you know, and and it is completely normal. I pick up my pen in the morning now, and I don't even think about it, and I just write. And is it neat? Can it be read? Can it all those things? None of those even matter. 
I don't even I don't even think about it. I just I just write. And if I misspell something or if I do something wrong, there is no wrong. It cannot exist in this under these circumstances. So so I just get to be where I am. I can't tell you how inspirational it is. And it took me back. Um, I'd always wanted to be a doctor. So um, I had a major accident just before and I had to take um, organic chemistry and it was on my dominant hand, my right hand. And I needed, I'm, I'm just sharing the story, not to, to boast or anything, but just to, to stand on what, what you're saying. And I knew that if I didn't pass that, that um, um, course in that time, I would have to wait another year. And so my right dominant hand was injured very, very badly. And so I had to, you know, the, the thing was to draw these complex structures with my left hand. Because the course was bigger than myself, you know, I had to sit the exams with the left hand, you know, which was not my, I had to write, I had to draw the, uh, the structures, everything, you know, show how the reactions were going, everything with the left hand. And by grace, by grace, by grace, and the intent that I had to do well, uh, uh, um, you know, I did it and I got an A. And when you said your story, it reminded me of that. Because sometimes we forget how when our intention has been pure, and has been bigger than ourselves, the obstacles we've, we've overcome. You know, we tend, and I'm talking to myself here, we tend to wallow about how impossible it is and how the problems look so big. But it was a gift, your story. It was a gift, your story. And tomorrow morning, when I wake up, I'm going to do that. I'm going to to do that because you know the the hurdles are very high but i can't just forget the other hurdles i've overcome and how other people are overcoming hurdles so that they can be true Oof. and they can be true to who they are and then you got cut off there but it's true and I want to say that, you know, um, I'm not stopping at my non-dominant hand. I do want to write with my feet. <laughs> I mean, why not? What else am I doing? It is, uh, it's just a challenge. It's a challenge to feel uncomfortable. It's a challenge to be present with my body. I'm really glad that that inspires you, Bella, to... Um, right with your non-dominant hand this is nothing there is there's there's nothing that you need to achieve with that you don't have to achieve legibility you don't have to achieve other people reading you don't have to there's nothing to achieve and the Tao speaks about that a lot and i think we talked about it today like you don't have to have expectation and then you don't get disappointed right with your left hand right with your right hand right with your foot right with your mouth 
give yourself a challenge and try and tackle it and, and do it every day for three months. And if you don't like it anymore, stop. But if you do it once and then stop, that doesn't, that doesn't allow you to feel uncomfortable enough. You say, oh, I'll just stop tomorrow. Things can be hard. Things in life sometimes are. But when we can step into a space and just feel uncomfortable in that space, feel uncomfortable being that at that moment, well, let's see what this feels like. And there's no consequence. You're not being forced into it. You know, I'm going to be doing a dark retreat early in 2022. And a retreat essentially um, is uh, solitary confinement, you know, dark room, no light, eight days, and they send food in through a box. So I don't see any light. If you are in prison and you get put in solitary confinement, this is a completely different experience. It's an experience of torture. But that same experience of torture can be an opening experience of sensory deprivation. And you can just be in a space where you're deprived of your senses, but you're gifted yourself. I'm Martin John. This is a Recover Yourself production of Tao of the Day. What a great day. 13, 12, 55, 68. We have covered some beautiful chapters and we've talked about some wonderful things. I hope you guys have gotten something out of it. I love you, each and every one of you, as a group, as individuals, um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you are amazing. You're doing great things. You're communicating to people every moment, even if you don't think you are. You are a light. I love you. Have a wonderful day. And until next time, keep recovering yourself.